0: You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist, been helping people change their lives since 1996, broadcasting from the French Alps, and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I'm sitting in a circle of about a dozen people. It's a leadership team of a production site in the pharmaceutical world. It's a few years ago, and we're sitting there exploring a particular subject close to everyone's heart. One of the guys in the circle says, it's like putting on your trousers every morning. You have to do it. We were talking about meditation and the importance of meditation to the state of mind in which we go through each day, every day and the way ultimately in which we live our lives. Meditation is the training that develops our ability to be mindful. The alternative to mindfulness is unthinkable, mindlessness. In fact, it actually is thinkable because mindlessness comes from paying attention to the repetitive thoughts in our own heads the thoughts that create the kind of behavior that make us our own worst enemy. Meditation disengages the automatic pilot that uses those thoughts. So meditation should never be routine because once it becomes routine, it becomes automatic and we slip back into automatic mode. But if meditation isn't part of your morning routine, it won't get done. It needs to be as integrated a part of what you do every morning as putting your trousers on, brushing your teeth, showering, dressing. You wouldn't leave the house naked in the morning and if you wouldn't leave the house physically unprepared for the day ahead, why in God's name would you leave the house mentally unprepared for the day ahead? One of the girls in that circle said if you remember at about half nine in the morning that you forgot to meditate, you wouldn't say to yourself oh I'll start again tomorrow. That would be like saying to yourself oh god I forgot to brush my teeth this morning, I'll do it tomorrow. No, meditation is as important a part of our morning routine as everything else we do to get ready for the day ahead. In fact it is the most important part of our routine if we don't set ourselves off each morning in the right state of mind putting our best foot forward we're going to put our foot in our mouth or step on a landmine because we won't be present enough to know that we're treading on dangerous ground but morning meditation is only the start of the day morning meditation ensures First and foremost, that we continue putting our best foot forward, so to speak, in developing the key parts of our brain. You must remember, you know, people often say to me, I'm not seeing any progress in my meditation. And my answer always is the progress that is actually taking place is invisible to the naked eye because it's taking place in the little neural connections, axons, synapses, and neural pathways in the key parts of the brain that meditation is, every time we do it, gently restructuring, making these key parts of the brain not just fit for purpose, but enabling us to live our lives from a completely different experience of the moment and a completely different experience of who we actually are. So every morning when we meditate we put our best foot forward on that journey of further enhancing the effectiveness of our brains attentional spotlight our ability to focus. What? some in cognitive psychology call the central executive, the conductor of the orchestra, the part of our brain that manages all the other key components, in particular of the, what I would describe as the doing brain, the subcortical brain, to do just what we need to do to enable us to get just where we want to go, or, or even better again, just where is best for us. You must remember that the brain central executive a.k.a. the attentional spotlight, is not used by adults who haven't developed their ability to pay attention to the present moment. That part of the brain switches off around the age of 13 so that we're free to go hunting for tonight's dinner, always, always keeping our attentional spotlight in reserve should a lady or man-eating tiger leap from the bushes. That's the way our brain is designed. That is the way our brain has evolved. But when we meditate each morning we take another step on our journey of personal evolution. Morning meditation doesn't just activate, engage, restructure and develop the brain central executive. No. We know now over the last few years from neuroscience that meditation completely restructures the key components of the subcortical brain our sixth sense so to speak this is the neural correlate of our gut instinct this is where you and I really reside this is the seat of the real you these parts of the brain normally play like instruments tuning up in the orchestra pit before a performance you can't even begin to distinguish a melody because they're all dissonant. Meditation through the building of the neural pathways in these parts of the brain and perhaps through the creation of entirely novel neural pathways in the brain because what has been discovered recently is that even old adults, people in their sixties like me, have stem cells in their brain, we can continually develop completely new, create novel pathways in our brain. Meditation completely restructures the insula, the amygdala and the all-important hippocampus, the seat of our emotions in our subcortical brain. And under the guidance and conduction of the conductor of the orchestra These parts of the brain begin to play melodious music in harmony with each other to the point that that music rises to a crescendo that drowns out the thoughts that make us our own worst enemy, the thoughts that hold us back, the repetitive everyday thoughts that have us stuck in a rut. So not only when we meditate in the morning are we ensuring that we're going to put our best foot forward for the day ahead, We are actually putting our best foot forward on a journey that will last a lifetime in the development of your own inner power and potential. You are putting your best foot forward in letting the conceptual you, the bundle of thoughts that lead to the behaviours, that make you, as I said a minute ago, your own worst enemy, letting that bundle of thoughts gently drift away like mist burning off in a morning sun meditation lays serious deep foundations in our brain physical ones morning meditation every morning lays the foundations for the day ahead and only a fool wouldn't do it If, as we said earlier on, the choice is between mindfulness or mindlessness, who wants to go through their day like a headless chicken? You'd want to be absolutely crazy. And that, of course, is what most people are. I call them normal crazy people. That is what most people are. They're content that way, because they don't know they're normal and crazy. But you know, sitting here, listening to this, listening to the other episodes in this series, you know that you can change what's going on in your own head. Grab control of the levers of power in your own head and move your life in the direction you'd love it to go. Because, first of all, knowing that we're all normal crazy provides us with an enormous advantage. Now we're aware. We're aware of our own behavior. We're aware of our own misbehavior. We become aware of our own thoughts and we become aware of our ability to stop giving our attention to those thoughts. This is the true benefit of meditation, a practice in mindfulness, as I said earlier on. And the practice, the exercise that we do in the morning, the training that we do, enables us play throughout the day. Or at least sets us off in the right direction to be able to play throughout the day. But what we need to do is ensure that we support ourselves throughout the day. So let me go back to that leadership team that I mentioned at the top of this podcast. A dozen people sitting in a room on an away day from the office or from the plant where they they make their stuff. Talking about how they meditate themselves as part of their morning routine. As you would imagine in a group like that, there would be a range of enthusiasm, a a range of level of practice amongst the individuals involved. But what they were doing was encouraging each other. What they were doing was ensuring that everybody in the room knew they had the support of everybody else in the room. And as a consequence of that conversation, they decided that when they would meet at their production meeting at 10.30 every morning, in the plant, every workday, a 30-minute meeting would start with a five-minute meditation together. There's power in numbers. And I don't mean that just from the perspective of, you know, the encouragement that I talked about a minute ago, or the psychological boost that doing something with someone else gives you. I'm talking about this right down at the base building blocks of who we are as human beings, all the way down to our super strings of energy. We all know for many, many years, that if you put a load of grandfather clocks in a room, eventually all the pendula be swinging to exactly the same rhythm because of the energy, because of the m- way in which all of the pendula ultimately synchronize with each other. That's a very old experiment that goes back donkey's years. But what we know now from quantum physics is that we are simply bundles of vibrating superstrings of energy, and my energy affects your energy. We all know this fundamentally. We know it in our gut. We know it when we're with somebody who has such low energy that he's stealing your energy from you and you don't like it and it doesn't feel right and you feel sapped at the end of the encounter. We also know people who have high energy, full of beans, and make everybody around them that bit more enthusiastic, that bit more encouraged as a result of their energy being free to flow out of them. When we meditate together each individual's pendulum ends up swinging in harmony. Each individual's superstrings strings of energy synchronize. And that's when you have a real team. Not a group of individuals anymore but a real team who together have heightened their energy to the point where the energy of the team is far greater than the sum of its parts. That's why I was talking to a husband and wife last Saturday morning. I've managed to get myself inveigled into doing what can only be described as some marriage counselling. And I started the conversation, it was our first session, I started the conversation by asking them, had they been meditating regularly? Both of them answered no. And I said to them, Well, there's your problem. Because all misbehaviour comes from the thoughts that make us our own worst enemy, the thoughts that hold us back, the thoughts that block us from being there for the other person, whether it is a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or teammate. Everything comes from our automatically paying attention to the thoughts in our own head that, and i repeat it again, because it's a fact of life that make us our own worst enemy. If you stop paying attention to those thoughts, first of all, you're present. If two people are present together, they are more powerful together than the sum of their parts if two people are present with each other and for each other they're going to have a completely different relationship than the one that they had when they were operating from the lunacy of their own thinking minds when a team is meditating together they are going to scale the heights of success and I don't just mean business success I mean success without the price that normal business people pay for their success I'm talking about effortless success Because they're all, I suppose, singing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak. But they're all singing in beautiful harmony. And they don't need to tell each other that they have their backs anymore, or that they can lean on each other, or they have each other's support. It's just part and parcel of being in the zone together. A team that is in flow is the only real team there is. So, what am I saying? One of the things that I would encourage you to consider is finding somebody with whom you can meditate. Or, if that isn't practical, finding someone who can encourage you in return for you encouraging them. Because the other thing this team of people did at that meeting that day was ensure that each of them buddied up with another member of the team. And they would have, and they still do have, buddy meetings once a week. So two people would get together and they'd talk about how they're getting on in the development of their mindfulness. They'd talk about their meditative practice. They would talk about what works for them and what doesn't work for them. They would encourage each other. Above all, they would hold each other's feet to the fire. They would keep each other on the straight and narrow. And every so often, they would change partners they would switch bodies to keep the whole thing refreshed find yourself a meditation body it's wonderful if that meditation body could be your boyfriend girlfriend husband or wife because i know for a fact because i've seen it over the last 25 years where both people in a personal relationship are into this together. They go much further, much deeper, much faster, and everybody around them is impacted by the fact that their energy is free to flow out from them, out into this world. So if you have parents meditating together, what an advantage that provides their children, which means you could actually even go a stage further. If you have children still at home with you, you should all meditate together. We used to do it when our kids were at home and I know a couple of my kids still meditate regularly and certainly many meditate when the need arises during the cut and thrust of the day. Now there I've mentioned something different that I'm going to come back to in a moment but before I do let me elaborate even further on the power of more than one person meditating together. I remember many years ago stumbling across a piece of research, an actual experiment that was done in Washington DC. I think it was done in the 1980s and it was a collaboration between the North American Transcendental Meditation Association or whatever they're called, I'm not 100% sure, and the law enforcement authorities in the Washington DC metropolitan area. They came up with this experiment and the proposition was simple more people we can get to meditate in a convention center in Washington, the greater the drop there will be in violent crime. And violent crime was defined very precisely as homicide, GBH and ABH. They were the measures they were using. The goal of the experiment was to get 4,000 people meditating together in a convention center. They never quite hit the 4,000 people over the period for which the experiment took place. But as the number of people in the Convention Center grew, the rate of violent crime in the metropolitan area of Washington DC declined commensurately. The graph produced almost a perfect X, a direct relationship between meditation and the drop in violent crime. Why? Because you had people in a convention center who had brought their energy together to a level that it could flow out freely. I mentioned this to a client of mine in the States a couple of months ago and he said, there are loads of experiments like that. There's an experiment in Kentucky using exactly the same idea that reduced the number of auto accidents over the period the experiment was taking place. Is this, as a friend of mine in Tucson says, is this woo-woo, is this kind of some kind of voodoo stuff? No, this is quantum physics in action. This is my energy affecting your energy, affecting all energy. So therefore, even if only the 12 people in that leadership team, in that organization, are the only 12 people in the organization meditating, the cascade effect of that down the organization meant, and still means, that that organization in that piece of that multinational is the most high-performing piece of the organization. And relatively speaking, it's effortless. A couple of minutes ago I mentioned that one of my daughters would mini-meditate when the need arises. This girl works in a high-pressure job in one of France's leading financial institutions. It's an organization that really looks after its people. The people higher up in the organization get additional holidays every year, commensurate with the level of stress they have in their job. So my daughter, I think, has 47 days annual leave a year. Now, the organization thinks it's a stressful job but I would define it slightly differently. It's a high pressure job because as we know from previous conversations, there's no such thing as stress. Stress is one of those choices that we make. In fact, stress is actually something that we choose if we don't choose to be mindful and we decide to remain mindless, as we said at the beginning of this episode. Mini meditation is what it says on the tin. A couple of minutes, 90 seconds, 120 seconds, to press the reset button during the course of the day. Because with the best will in the world, after you've laid the foundations for each morning through your morning meditation as part of your morning routine, something's bound to happen during the course of the day or in the modern lives we live, many things are bound to happen during the course of the day that could knock you off your perch, derail you. As, as one guy said to me a couple of years ago, he said, I did my morning meditation. I was cool, calm and collected. And I drove out onto the M25 around in the London area. And someone pulled out of one of the side lanes in front of me, nearly took the side off my car. And I got so angry with somebody I had never met before, didn't know and probably would never meet again. The madness of it all. And I had done my morning meditation. These things happen. And what we need to do is ensure that we press the reset button as quickly as possible. I was talking to a client a few days ago who told me that she'd had an awful day. I said, only a fool would have an awful day. She said, what do you mean? I said, why would you have an awful day when you could have an awful hour? Why would you have an awful hour when you could have an awful 15 minutes? Why would you have an awful 15 minutes? when you could press the reset button five seconds into feeling that awful. We all have this ability to build on the foundation that our morning meditation provides us with. To press the reset button during the course of the day, recenter ourselves and come back into the present moment free and clear with our energy freely available to flow outward from us into everything we do and into all the people whose lives we touch. What is a mini meditation? Well, it's a couple of deep breaths. Or one of my clients, a member of that group of 12 that I mentioned earlier on, if he was in the middle of a meeting and the meeting was getting a bit hot and he was getting getting a bit hot under the collar, he would rub the palm of his hand along the tabletop. I asked him what he was doing because he was explaining to the other group this worked for him and he said, I'm getting in touch with reality. I I have a client in, in the electrical generation business who describes that as earthing himself, getting rid of all the bad energy out of himself. The day provides us with all kinds of ways in which we can stop and press the reset button. You don't have to close your eyes a couple of deep breaths in the company of other people, they won't notice that you're mini-meditating, because the chances are they're one of the 96% of normal crazy people walking the face of the earth, so they're not even there but there might be a little more there when your presence raises their boats that is the power of being able to freely give your energy to other people and if you are Practicing this with somebody else, you now have a couple of people freely giving their energy out into the universe. What an impact that makes! It actually, as we said a few minutes ago, has an impact on violent crime. What an impact that would have on this world of ours at this crucial moment in time, but most importantly, right here, right now, today. What an impact! it is having on the lives of anybody who practice what I am preaching. Probably shouldn't use that word, I'm not preaching at all, I'm just here to help you. I am here to enable you understand the importance of the choice that we have to make between mindfulness or mindlessness. I am here to ensure that you understand the importance of the choice, of that choice, that needs to be made moment to moment. It's not a once-off choice. We're being bruised and battered by the nonsense created by the normal crazy people around us. We need to keep ourselves on our toes. We need to keep pressing the reset button. We need to keep weaving moments of mindfulness into the course of what would otherwise be a mindless day. And you know what? The more you weave mindfulness into your day, the more you end up with a beautifully woven tapestry of mindful moments that becomes days in flow. And when you flow, when you're in what the University of Chicago calls flow, your energy flows freely. And that is a completely different experience of life and a completely different experience of you. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough, called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit wwwwilly